This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Revival of today in our nation is going to be found in the margins. And I think we could even take that a little further for understanding and say found in the marginalized. Listen, the Lord will confound the wisdom of the wise by raising up hidden ones that have experienced oppression and injustice and the silencing of their voice. And so there's no surprise to me that we would get a word from Sean Bowles like we did as it relates to what God's wanting to do here at the harbor. It's more than a word, it's actually an invitation saying who on a relational level, because this is not like something that you just strategically plan to make happen, you know, a a diverse crowd of believers coming together in unity like Michelle was talking about. That's not something you plan. That's a sovereign thing that happens through invitation one by one by one. Like when people walk in and they're like, man, I feel a calling to this place and to this people for the sake of the glory of God of what the Lord's up to in this moment. Did you guys know as we we move through October, coming into November, through what's happening with Church United, right now, there's five counties in the southern part of Florida that churches across all five of these counties are going to enter into an an agreement space to preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus that we are undivided in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as the body. Come on. Five, it wasn't, it was, wasn't just the three, Miami-Dade, Broward, West Palm. Now it's six people are like, man, we want in on that. We want to be a part of like what is God, God is doing in our state. And we want to come together undivided. And it's in the place of prayer. It's where we're beseeching um, to hear from the Father and come into agreement with what the Father is saying and then shout those words of agreement of the promises of God like over our nation, over our cities, over our families. And so it's going to be amazing as we head into November. And, and this whole Love South Florida concept is really moving outside of uh, just being receiving uh, people coming to, to, to hear a great worship set or a teaching, but actually being activated and empowered to go out and, and cultivate um, influence and leverage that influence in our spheres for the sake of Jesus. Like for real, like say, man, I, I'm going to take ownership of this right now and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leverage the, the cultivation of the influence, God, that you're giving me with whoever in my sphere and I'm going to use that for the glory of God. Disciples making disciples of other people right now in this moment. It's amazing. And so at the end of November, we're going to have an event, not really an event, just a time before heaven outside in the parking lot or across the street in the field, we don't know where yet, just a time of worship under the open of heavens, and and there'll be opportunity for all kinds of space for safety purposes, but we're going to lift up Jesus over our region. We've got, who's that medical cardiologist? Some of you may have saw the news story years ago. A man died under his care in the hospital from a cardiac arrest. And he, they, they, they called him dead. They, 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 you know, did all the procedures and technology or technical things that it takes, like just to just to walk through that process. And the Holy Spirit stops him and said, "It's not this man's time to go yet. I want you to pray over him." And 
this is crazy, guys, but he did. And the man was raised again from the dead. A verified miracle took place under this man's assignment as a doctor in the medical space. And so he, he's going to come and just be here just with us to, to, to just see what Jesus is going to do. And so, man, there's maybe people that, that you know that are hurting, people that need the Lord, people that need an encounter with God. Maybe they need something happen in their body supernaturally, like bring them with you, engage with them in, in, in their life. I want to, talking about diversity and, and unity quickly, um, we have this Wednesday um, a release of a podcast because we're pressing in, we're not just kind of coasting through this moment in human history as it relates to division, whether it's political, whether it's racial, whatever, um, that we're going to actually, we're leaning into those spaces. And so we had an experience that I, I don't know how many of our women were meeting together. Some of you began to hear about Harbor at Home. Wave, wave your hand if you've heard about Harbor, what's going on with Harbor at Home next weekend we will be gathering together in our homes with one another, with our families, with friends, with people that we feel to connect to. Because um, engagement is the order of the day. People feel isolated right now. Discipleship is grown through engagement. But these ladies were gathering in a home. How many of you know that even with Jesus and his disciples, the majority of the transformation didn't take place in the big meetings. It took place around campfires and dinner tables. And, and intimate times together with one another, meals. But these ladies were gathering in a home together, diverse women in this group. Um, actually, it was interesting, all of them from the continent of Africa, um, I'm not sure if all of them were, but no, it was a diverse group of women from different places, Africa, America. Um, but Holy Spirit showed up and did something very, very powerful. And I want you to hear about this story because it's, it's not just theory that is, is taking place as it relates to reconciliation, healing, and unity in our body. It's actually already happening. And so you need to hear the testimony of what took place with these ladies. It's not shared by all of them. We couldn't coordinate that, but, but all of them, by four of the women, but all of these women that were present that day, God used to do something incredible. So would you tune in on this Wednesday on our podcast, or if you see an email go out about what's happening with this podcast, check it out, would you? Be amazing. All right. Let's just take a minute, and I want to just welcome all of you here. It's so amazing to see your beautiful faces. Let me just look around for a minute. Wow. This is wonderful. Um, and those that are watching online, uh, I know that God is doing something very powerful through what we've been able to, to cultivate and create with our digital team um, online. Can we give them a huge hand for what they've been able to do? It's amazing. I'm going to talk about The simplicity of the gospel today that has truly cleansed our conscience. I want to say that again and then we're going to pray because we're going to ask for the Lord to open up understanding today. Because I'm submitting to you that one of the main primary reasons that we haven't seen the fullness of the unity that Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17. And there's been measure of division enter in, even to his body in this moment of 2020. Is because we do not understand the reality. I'm, I'm not talking just intellectually, but on a heart encounter level. That our consciences, consciences have been cleansed. That we no longer have to live under the dominion of shame and condemnation, which when you live under that, that divides you or separates you from people. 
I'm not even talking about like spatially separate. You could be sitting in a room of 10,000 people and be alienated from those around you because of the shame and condemnation that you feel in your heart. Because you don't understand. The enemy has caused you to buy into a lie that makes you feel that you still have this slate that needs to be cleaned. So could you just join me just as we pray and just ask for God to come? Lord, would you do as you promised? May you bring the word of the Lord into our midst, but not only into our midst, but into our hearts where it would be sharp and powerful and may it divide asunder soul and spirit and pierce to the deepest places we're in need of healing today in our hearts we're in need of renewal of revival of an awakening and only you through the logos the rhema the living word of God, can we be transformed? So come and have your way. In Jesus' name. You know, it's a shift of a season. And I don't think it's any coincidence that this shifting of seasons is happening right here as we enter into fall. How many of you love fall? Even though here in, in our nation, um, the majority of people around our country are drinking pumpkin lattes for real because they're cold, you know what I mean? The air is crisp, there's leaves that are changing. And the thing that I love about fall is that even though it's a time of death, we so, lo- actually I think our souls long to go engage with the fall because there's so much color and beauty and, and dynamic engagement in, in moving from summer into the fall, right? You're just kind of over humidity, right? You're over just, you know, just all of, all of that, those kind of dreary rainy days, you're ready like for sunshine and, and, and clear weather and, and color and beauty, even though it's death and emptying of a moment. This has been a really powerful fall already for Wendy and I. We celebrated her mother's 80th birthday. And I, I, I mean, call me... A romantic, but I, I really, I, I take moments like that serious because in life you only have um, these kinds of opportunities that I'm going to share with you here. Um, as we, me and Wendy have entered into the fall, you only have them once in your life. And some people just kind of breeze by those moments instead of really sit in those moments and ask Holy Spirit, what are you doing? What do you want to say to me? What are you up to as I look out and see these moments when there's actually really moments happening on the inside of me? And we get so busy in life. We get so caught up in the culture of of the world that that is around us here in South Florida. I love the city. Ministry is is, is in the cities of our nation. There's no denying that. But I want to tell you, we've got to live in another culture to actually be effective in cities as it relates to how we walk with God and how we silence our souls and pay attention and are aware to what God may be saying to us. So we celebrated my mother-in-love's 80th birthday, and we really honored her. And then we followed up on the back side of that with me and her, Wendy's, 30th wedding anniversary. Incredible. Amen. Someone said, you still look good. Come on. But it was very interesting, and, and, and I'm not trying to be weird here. It, it fell, for whatever reason, this year on Yom Kippur, the holiest day in Jew, the Jewish calendar. 
And the Lord was like, Darren, you know, being faithful to your life partner for 30 years is holy before me. Marriage actually working is holy before me. Like this is a significant moment for you and her. It's not only just for you and her, it's for the body. You see, you know, you'll catch this if you're around here any length of time. We don't preach messages here. We live messages. And when you live messages that goes beyond simple equipping in the word of the Lord, it moves into realms of discipleship. Because what you're doing is you're modeling a way of life that others can go, oh, I can live like that as well. Do you know it's legit for, for people to have no fear to come into intimacy with another person where your heart is laid completely bare before them. And through the ups and the downs, the ins and the outs, and all of that journey through decades of life together. Come on, somebody. We live in a very uncommitted world, and the Lord was like, that is holy before me. That's something I want to see restored in this hour and in this moment. The other thing, as we sent our final third youngest child off to school and became empty nesters another season you see the house is being emptied you know in in a good way but but we entered into another season and it went beyond that we were like god what what are you wanting us to do to just put skin in the game to connect with what you're up to in our region, in our nation, in the world, and this thing that you've called us to give our lives to called the gospel. What, do you, what would you have us to do? And he, he said, I'm, I, I want you guys to pivot and make a sacrificial move, literally, out of the house that you're currently living in, and I want you to downsize and simplify and be postured for some things that I'm getting ready to do in the earth. Now, that may feel like a passing comment to you, but for me, this was a big deal. Living in this home, we got into this house, right? I love that house. I pictured myself with my grandkids in this home. And so the Lord was, was, was inviting me. You know, it's, it's so beautiful that... that that he takes us on these journeys where, you know, the things that we hold on to and we think are so important, where he, he asks for those things back again. And so we yielded and we said, Lord, we will go and follow your voice and, and, and do what you have us to do in the season. Now, here's what I want to say, though. Even though the Lord told us to do this, moving is not of the Lord. Can I get an amen? This is not of the Lord, all right? His word to us was yes and amen, but moving, I, I, the God says clearly, you know, buy homes and cities and just live there. Don't move around all the time. I mean, it's, it's, it's not fun. It's not cool. Because if you've ever done a move, it's, it's emotionally exhausting. And I'm like, Lord, any year but 2020, don't have me move in 2020. Because, you know, you start packing up, you start downsizing, you start getting rid of all these kind of things. What was a beautiful and kind of safe and comfortable abode now has been turned into complete and total chaos. And, and by the end, you, you actually have nothing tangible to work with. I mean, we, you know, we were loading things into these pods now. That's, you know, we, had, we got these pack rat pods. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to promote pack rat. There's many other companies out there. Can I get an Amen. But we, we loaded all of our stuff. And by the end of this thing, all we had was our mattress on a floor that we could put into the pot at the end. Come on, you guys have done this before. You know what I'm talking about. And I had actually some, uh, some Greek yogurt in the refrigerator. And I didn't even have a spoon to eat it. So like, listen, I'm sucking the yogurt out of the pack. That doesn't work very well. So I went to Wendy's. Just so I could get a plastic spoon. I'm talking a total emptying of like everything that we knew to be normal in our lives. So we go up to my mother-in-law's 80th birthday. And like we always do when we go to Carolina, we kind of go to those places uh, of our origin, of where everything began for Wendy and I. Because that's where we met. That's where we were married. That's where we had our first child. 
And there's this place on the University of South Carolina where we first lived, where we brought our daughter home after she was born, called Cliff Apartments. And I'm, not t- I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I drive by the Cliff Apartments, and they're completely gutted. They've taken every, they left only the frame, you know, of the building, the brick part of the structure, but literally you could see through the building, like every single apartment, we lived on the ninth floor, had been completely gutted. And God said, this is what I'm doing in my body. It's a complete renovation. It's a complete overhaul of the house. That I'm living in, the house of the human hearts of people and the collective big C house of the church. Now, I knew that this is what God was up to at the beginning of this whole COVID thing. Like, I'm going to be honest, like, this hasn't been a stressful time in so many ways for Wendy and I because I heard from the front on the front end that this was going to be a reset. And if I would just go with the flow and not try to fight what I wasn't in control of. Come on, somebody. Like, you're going to learn in these kind of moments in human history, you can't control what is going on. The only thing you can do is yield and say, God, have your way in me. Because at the end of the day, the only way that we're going to change the world is by allowing God to change us. So he began to, to speak to me about how we can be joined together in perfect unity. I want you to say perfect unity. In perfect unity. Do you believe that can happen? Look with me at Philippians chapter 2. We're just going to let the word of the Lord just kind of come into our hearts. We just have a few minutes left this morning. But I want you to to just grab this. Look what Paul says. He's, He's speaking about Jesus. He's just getting back to the basics. He's proclaiming the gospel. He's reminding the people of of the promises of the Lord, and he's going to encourage them to actually be the lights that are going to shine in the world all around them in in this portion of scripture. Look what he says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Look how much encouragement you found in your relationship. This isn't religion. This isn't do's and don'ts. This isn't just going through the motions called church. He says, look how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the anointed one. And he gives them three things that are happening because of this relationship. You are filled to overflowing with his comforting love. We sang about that this morning. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit, and you have felt his tender affection and mercy. That right there can change the world. If you have a relationship with God, these three things are possible. The word encouragement there is the word paraclesis. I don't know if you guys have ever uh, heard of that word, but it's, it's a verb that's used all throughout the, the New Testament for the Holy Spirit. It's a verb that, that literally means comfort, right? Remember when Jesus said, hey, it's better that I go away so that I can send Holy Spirit or the comforter to you. Do you remember that verse? So this word paraclesis is a verb that comes from parakleo, which actually means the exact same thing, comfort as well. But what's very interesting, this is found in John 14, 15, 16, you can look it up, but what's very interesting is that the reason there is comfort, now this is is a pastoral moment right here, and I need you to hear me. The reason that there's comfort that that can really hold any heart through whatever is going on in the world Due to paraclesis and paracleo, that that Holy Spirit presence because of relationship with the the anointed one, uh, or Jesus Christ, is because he, Jesus, the paraclete, has gone away. Now, paraclete, which which is related to these other two words, except it's a noun, 
is, is only found in a couple of instances in the entire Bible. But it's very important for us to understand this. Because where has Jesus gone away to? He's gone away to the courtroom of heaven so that he can enter into the courtroom of your heart. It moves beyond him just being present as a human, not omniscient, where he can be anywhere at all times. And he now takes residence because he... Who, who, he who defeated all the foes on the earth now has been set at the authority of the right hand of the Father in heaven so that he can ultimately dwell in fullness in the totality of humanity. So he's there in this place in the courtroom of heaven. Now what's tying all of this in as I kind of wrap this up, how does that eradicate the shame and guilt that's causing division within his body. I was talking to a family member the other day who does not know the Lord. And I've just become a good listener. 2020, if you want to do well, become a good listener. 2020, if you want to build bridges... Close the pie hole and listen. Open your heart up, be present, and engage with where someone is at. And so when I was talking with this beautiful woman, she started sharing with me about how she couldn't find her people. Now I want to submit to you that shame and guilt divides and creates this thing that I call tribalism in the earth. What we see before the throne in heaven is we see people from every tongue, language, and tribe standing before him, worshiping as one. Very powerful. But what she was explaining to me as we were talking about this, she said, as she got very vulnerable, she said, you know, I'm really dealing with some shame and some guilt from the decisions I made when I was younger in life, and, and, and now, as I see stuff going on in culture, I want to posture myself with a certain tribe and take revenge. That's what she said. I was like, wow. There was this moment where I began to have this open door to talk to her about the paraclete. The one who is now positioned in this courtroom of heaven that wants to actually be positioned in the courtroom of her heart that through relationship with this one there's potential for her to have comfort in her soul that has been in a state of unrest for the majority of her life so paraclete as I wrap this up is a courtroom term where the accused stands before a judge. Now picture this with me. And there'd be two others that are there. One is an accuser and the other is an advocate or a paraclete. So you're before the judge and you've got someone who is accusing you in this courtroom. What's interesting, you got to catch this, because I'm pulling this over to Jesus now out of what we could image and put an image in our minds that relates to a natural courtroom. The advocate who is Jesus, when you're accused, he does not present any evidence of your good works when you're being accused before the judge. Do you know what he does? You know what he, he does? When the, when the enemy says, Landon, you are guilty of, and then he states and spews his accusations, and maybe they're all true. Jesus doesn't go, well, Landon's been a really good boy, and I think we should extend him mercy. No, instead, 
The only evidence that's presented is what the paraclete has done to eradicate our shame and guilt by his shed blood that came on the cross. So it looks something like this. I accuse Landon of so-and-so. And and Jesus said, Objection, Your Honor. My blood has been shed for that accusation. And you know what the judge says? Sustained. And when he says sustained, the accuser can no longer present that evidence. And imagine if you're there in that courtroom Now comfort can come to your heart in the midst of confusion. And you can come and find unity with yourselves and no longer separate from other people under the accusation that has been ringing out night and day before the throne. In light of what Christ has done, Paul calls the body Look at this verse two. I'm gonna have to come back in a part two of this thing because look what he says here. It's so powerful. Verse two, he said, in light of this, I'm asking you, my friends, that you would be joined together. Can you see this? Philippians chapter two, verse two. I'm asking that you would be joined together in perfect unity in light of the comfort that you can have access to Paracleo, because of the paraclete that's standing in the courtroom of heaven that is objecting to all of your ridicule day and night and then saying under the guise of the authority of the Father it's sustained come together in perfect unity with one heart one passion and united in one love walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with un bounded joy look at this what does that look like practically we're going to end with this verse 3 be free from pride filled opinions for they will only harm your cherished unity do not allow number 2 self promotion to hide in your hearts listen news flash there's a generation that doesn't trust brands right now and good, God bless it, actually. This isn't about the brand of the Harbor Church or the brand of whatever ministry. It's not about that at all. It's about Jesus. And so when a generation begins to question brands, they're questioning motives. What about your own brand? Because that's the cool thing to do now. It's not just leveraging our influence for the, the glorification of Jesus. It's leveraging our influence so we can be famous ourselves. There's no brands right now. There's no self-promotion. But he says, in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Verse four, abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And homework as we go. Verse five. I want you to read these verses today. Go home. Take your own ownership as a disciple. And don't just let me preach some message to you. Own this yourself. He says, consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. And let his mindset be your motivation. Come on. What are you talking about, Darren? I'm talking about this is when it it moves from here to here and starts to take over your belief systems. And what you believe is who you become. And who you become actually is now being reflected in the world for others to truly see the authentic self that you've been called to put on display. So I want you to read about what Jesus gave as an example through his life that we're actually to garner as disciples so that we can see our city changed. So would you stand with me all over this place? Because here's what I want to do as we wrap this up and we're going to go back into a song. 
we just close our eyes, just wherever you are in this room as you're watching, wherever you might find yourself today, whatever city, whatever state, whatever nation, maybe you're listening or watching to this later, let's sit before the presence of Jesus. And let's let the power of the gospel come and meet with us today. Because in 2020, the reason there's been so much mental torment is the accuser, his voice has become elevated in our mind, in our hearts. And really, to be honest, it's probably having most to do with what you yourself are thinking more than some weird spiritual thing that's going on from the adversary. You see, a lot of what we hear and a lot of what we feel and a lot of what we give credit to the enemy, it's really our own inner workings that's going on in the inside because we don't yet know and have a relationship that settles, is able to settle and bring comfort to these voices that rattle in our minds because we've been so distanced from relationship with God. And we become so accustomed to just going through the business of religion. And God is wanting to raise up sons and daughters in the earth that know the Father and that have a connection with the voice of Jesus. And they can hear him saying, objection, 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 objection. Objection! And even more importantly, they can hear the Father saying, Sustained, sustained, sustained by the blood, sustained by the sacrifice of Christ's blood, sustained by a death on the cross, sustained by an older brother, a big brother that gave his life on behalf of many sons and daughters, sustained by someone who loved the world, that he gave his entire being to see us set free, to see our conscience cleansed and our, and our, our souls at peace and at comfort in the midst of chaos. Come on, God. Come in this room today. Have your way in our midst. Not only have you taken your place in the courtroom of heaven, but you've taken your place in the courtroom of our hearts. Shut off all distance. Shut off all separation because of shame and guilt that's ruling over hearts right now in your body. You give life. You give life. You give breath.
So we're going to make this practical as we walk out of this door. God, in 2020, I've been sad. I've been depressed. I've felt angry at times. I haven't been kind. My faith has been lacking. I've worried way more than I could have. I've had so much fear. Objection! 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 Sustain! 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 Comfort! Lord, I'm asking that the power of the blood of Jesus, not our good deeds, not all of our beautiful religious efforts, but the blood of the Lamb who was shed across for humanity would cleanse our consciences, not only in the courtroom of heaven, but right now in our hearts, once and for all. I pray that any separation between husband and wife, between friends, between a white person and an African American, or an African American and an Asian, or an Asian and a, and a, and a whoever, that there would be a bringing together. I asked power of revenge that's trying to get into the human heart, that it would be eradicated by a sacrificial death that paid for all injustice, for any injustice. Come on, pray with me. Lord, I'm asking for a divine bringing together of your people, your ecclesia, your body, these ones that are called to live differently than the culture of this world, that we would shine like lights in this moment. And just before God, I want you to receive His comfort. Come on, just however you need a posture. Right now I have my hands open. I have my eyes closed. Because I need it too. Lord, would you come send the Paracleo, Holy Spirit, from you as the Paraclete, the Advocate, the one who stands day and night. Listen, you don't have to cover all your tracks and all your bases. You don't have to like exhaust yourself. You already have one standing in that place, night and day, day and night. For love. Covered in blood, all for love. Who not guilty? Who we're covered in blood, all for love. A coming together in the spirit right now. In Jesus' name. Who we're covered in blood, all for love. Not guilty. Not guilty. Because of your blood. Not You're not guilty. We're covered in blood. All for love. Not guilty. Uh, not guilty. Freedom oh, today. Covered in blood. Freedom in this All place. God right now is supernaturally removing the logs in our eyes. When we're calling out the splinter in our brother and our sister because we're projecting out of our place of shame. Come now. Holy Spirit. Do surgery on our hearts. Look at humanity through your eyes. So that people could receive the love of the Father through us. Through us as lights that shine amidst a perverse and crooked generation that you've called 
to be on the highway of the Lord. Come on, as we close. Every hill brought low. Listen, come on, pray with me. Every hill brought low. Every valley exalted. Every crooked place made straight. Redemption in the earth. Come on, the blood of Jesus is paid for. Redemption, and pray for that. Over our families, redemption. Over marriage. Over racial relations. Over political divisions. Redemption, oh God, we cry out. We, we agree with heaven. Send us like arrows. Shoot us like arrows into culture. Let us be strengthened by otherworldly power, God, that is not of us. That in our own brokenness, in our own weakness, your power is made perfect. Come on, everybody, pray. God, we need you, Jesus. We celebrate you. We lift you up. We lift you up. Come on, all of us. We lift you up. We lift up the Son of God. Son of God, who is the pastor over all of the churches. I'll begin to worship Him. We worship You. We honor You, O King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Eternal One, who always was. We honor You. You've brought life. spoken to your hearts. Listen, next Sunday, call somebody up and say, let's hang out. Let's watch Harbor at home together. Let's have a conversation. Let's pray for each other. Find one person. Start there. We've got strategic plans on how we're going to get that thing rolling fully. But for now, just give someone a call and go love on them, okay? We're called to make disciples. Take that step of action. Bless you guys.
Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.